Hey, this is Scott. And before we start the session today on Rise FM, I want you to know that this is a difficult program that we're about to share. And it is one that is going to talk about suicide and be rather graphic in some detail. And this may be one, if you have little ones with you today, that you maybe find something else for them to do as we air this program. It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where a Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. (laughs) I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same (laughs) set. We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for clarifying that. (laughs) This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give each other grace and space to do that. Well, it is time for Faith, Life, and Warriors to connect here on Rise FM. I'm Scott, here with Tom and our special guest, Josh Sheriff from Warriors Respite. We have a guest, Tom. Do you know how to behave with somebody else on that side of the table? No, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. It's... (laughs) It's going to be interesting today, but I'm really looking forward to what we're going to share. So what we want to do today is kind of introduce Warriors Respite to you, but I thought we would start by reintroducing Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries to you. So Tom, let's start with you. What is Heritage? Heritage, Scott, is our counseling ministry where we rely on the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our counselors to help treat disorders and bring healing about that glorifies our God. That's the nuts and bolts of it. In reality, it's three ministries in three different cities. We're in Ashland, Mansfield, and Shelby, and impacting lives for the kingdom by hearing and listening and praying with them. We will use scripture. We're not, we don't Bible thump anybody, but we certainly diagnose and treat uh, very appropriately, but from a Christian perspective. On right across from Tom, we have Josh Sheriff. He is uh, the founder. Is is that the correct word, Josh? The yes, founder sir. of Warriors Respite. And uh, why don't you introduce that that ministry to us? Oh, well, thank you so much for having me, Scott. It's a pleasure seeing you, Tom. Uh, mm-hmm. It's such Likewise. an honor to be here. Um, longtime listener and, and supporter as well. So what Warriors Respite is, is we provide spiritually centered PTSD recovery courses for veterans and their spouses. There is nothing like this in all of Ohio. I know I looked. I, I, I am, <laughs> that's why it's here yeah, now. <laughs> that's why it's here now. I am upfront and honest. My background, I was airborne infantry in the Army. I got to jump out of planes, kick indoors. I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to running a charity. My background, <laughs> my bachelor's and my master's that I'm working on is in counseling. And God is just using this to open doors and to bring his healing into the military families that have been honestly walking in darkness for so many decades and even generations uh, with the generational trauma that we see occurring from the wounds of war. You are a married man. I am indeed. And I find your your wife, when you two met, it's interesting that what she was doing when you two met because if i remember right from the website you had you were just coming out of airborne i was she was just coming in but she was doing what so 
I had just gotten out of the army 18 days prior and she had just gotten into the army. I was airborne infantry and she was a chaplain's assistant, which is literally a chaplain is a military pastor. And so she was assisting pastors and the chapels on church on base. Excuse me. And, and you two managed to meet. We did. We, we ended up meeting through eHarmony. Uh, <laughs> and three months later, we were married. Wow. Uh, yep. And September was 11 years for us. Well, congratulations. Thanks. That's oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tom, Tom and Kathy met on the playground in third grade and got married by recess, <laughs> at the second recess. And yeah. we're, uh, we're Thank married God by the teacher. Pops. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do today is we're going to talk some about PTSD. That's kind of why mm. Josh is here. And I, I want to try and bring Tom and Josh together for you as you're listening today to try and just let you know, first of all, if you are dealing with PTSD, there is hope. Yes. And his name is Jesus. Amen. And PTSD, and this is kind of where Tom's component might come in a little bit more, is not always, although in Josh's case it is military related, but there is PTSD that does not involve combat. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. PTSD can happen in an auto accident. When you see something that's pretty horrible that that can basically impact your life, it can happen in uh, abuse. Basically, I, I think, and Josh, we we kind of talked before we got on the air about what it what it looks like and yeah. those feelings that don't go away and, and the shackles that the enemy uses to keep us handcuffed, so to speak. Absolutely. Well, those those are frozen feelings inside of us, and yeah. it's as if God has given us an insulation around those feelings until we are ready to manage it. So. Your ministry will be fantastic as it comes to, into play there. And, and what we try to do is is, is help normalize life f- for our patients who yeah. come into to Heritage and work through the PTSD that they, they are experiencing. As it turns out, then, sometimes some uh, research suggests that if, if we try to normalize other parts of life and, and heal other parts of life, then they reach a point where they go, you know what, you know, I feel safe enough now mm. subconsciously and I can begin to deal with some of the stuff. I, I take my half to you. Thank you, Josh, for what you have done for our country. Well, thank you, sir. Josh, let's turn to you now. And did you realize at the time, because it this might be a surprise, mm-hmm. but it really wasn't the Iraq setting yeah. that caused your PTSD. Yours was a totally different issue, wasn't it? Absolutely. It, it was... Actually, the 2009 Fort Hood shooting that really gave me uh, the nightmares. Uh, I I would have nightmares of literally just pools of blood, uh, of not seeing anything else, of Hassan uh, aiming a firearm right in my face and pulling the trigger and waking up. But it was actually tracing back into wounds that I sustained as a child. Both of my parents were pastors for the Salvation Army, and there was trauma that occurred in my childhood that had been leading up to this trauma. And we now have a, a much better understanding of PTSD. Uh, we used to believe that it had to be just you feared for your life for yourself or for someone that was close to you. We now understand with the basis of moral trauma or moral injury, which mm-hmm. is participating in witnessing or failing to stop an event that goes against a deep-held ethical, moral, or spiritual belief. And there's so much more that encompasses life. And as soon as I give that that example of, of what moral trauma is, I can guarantee you there is almost every single person that's listening right now that has experienced a moment like that. Mm-hmm. Now, right. let's clarify one quick thing too, Josh. 
you were actually at Fort Hood at the day of the shooting. You were in the vicinity of what took place there, and that's what what led to that. Y- yes, sir. I was I was two blocks from that. I had just gotten back from deployment uh, six months prior. I was with two hundred other infantrymen who were not just trained for war, which is what infantry is, but combat experienced as well. And we simply sheltered in place because you're not allowed to have any personal own firearms on base. You're not allowed to have a knife that's longer than the palm of your hand. And we were two blocks away. And so we had to hear the shots, hear the screams, witness the people running across. Because what people don't realize is the place that he shot up was the PDHRA, which is the post-deployment health reassessment agency. When you come back from deployment, this is the place that you go to within your first 30 days of being back. They evaluate you and see where you're at. And this is where Hassan chose to shoot up on purpose because these were people returning from war. And it is on Battalion Avenue, which is the busiest road in all of Fort Hood. And there's people running by, getting hit by cars, having to get up and keep limping. And the shame that I felt for years for not responding in the way that I've been trained to, in the way that I wanted to, caused such hatred for myself and just anger and shame and I did not want to live Uh, I literally even as a husband and a father I still had the thought of even if I just ran up and he just shot me once and killed me that would have been one less bullet he had to use on one of my brothers or sisters and it was that thought that the enemy was using to to force me to think of my life as being so worthless and useless wow what did the VA tell you caused your PTSD. How did they or did they diagnose you? So what's funny is I was diagnosed by five psychologists, a psychiatrist, which is an MD, uh, and another counselor as having PTSD. And yet because of the political nature of the Fort Hood shooting with uh, it being denied as being a war act, it being called workplace violence, uh, my claim for PTSD in the VA was denied for more than five years because of the political nature of it. So as a result, you just suffered that whole time. I did. I, I was trying to live on about $1,200 a month. I was using credit cards as supplemental income because I couldn't work, because I couldn't sleep, because the anger that I had uh, and the feelings of worthlessness. And it was just darkness. It was all I saw. Tom, in your world, somebody comes to you feeling those emotions and dealing with that kind of a, that emotion. Right. You know, where, where do you start? In the same way in the emergency room, when you talk about triage, Triage would be the most threatening piece of what we're experiencing. Emergency rooms are going to keep you alive before they're going to fix your broken toe. If you've got a lung that's punctured with a rib, they're going to take care of that before they take care of your toe. Well, we would look at the most serious part of what's happening. And you know what? If life is most interrupted by anger, it sounds to me, John, you were pretty angry. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't sound to me as though you liked yourself very well. Absolutely. He's really this great guy, Josh. You want to get to know him. Wait, who are we talking about? <laughs> we would begin to try and understand the source of the anger and yeah. and then begin to work through it. And, and so, Scott, we end up normalizing, maybe beginning to bring healing to a hope that is in Christ. And and you know what? Just to do these several things, to accept what where, where we're at, to approve of it, to extend care. Hmm. And to uh, talk about walking through this with those patients. Yeah. 
Now you have an opportunity that somebody really cares and wants and, and is going to empower you to go before the Lord and find healing. Mm. This so. this is really kind of fun because you got two guys with counseling experience and backgrounds and yeah, education right. are trying are encouraging each other while they're talking back mm, yeah. and forth. I'm just kind of sitting here along for the ride. It's like, okay, let's just see what happens here. We're also uh, actually also diagnosing you while you continue to talk. <laughs> Which is what worries me the most. Look up here, nose. <laughs> Tom can share with the emails from my wife. So we'll, just, we'll go from there. Now, let's go into a little bit of Warrior's Respite here, yes, Josh, sir. and let's talk a little bit about, you know, you came to Ohio mm-hmm. because you were near family then, yep. and you were looking for treatment. You were looking for help, Yes. and there is a program called, I think is Reboot. Yes, sir. And tell us what you found when you got to Ontario and we started looking for Reboot. Oh, absolutely, sir. So my, my wife drug me to <laughs> Reboot Combat Recovery down at Providence Farm. Hey, James. Hey, Bishan. Down in Providence Farm in Concord, Virginia, I had been to I don't know how many VA sanctioned programs already, and they all failed because none of them bring the healer into the healing process. And there was something different about this. There was something that was an openness and honestness saying, we're not okay. We're broken. We're dealing with darkness. We're dealing with shame and hatred and all these terrible things. And there was something so refreshing about that. And then that is the the brokenness side of it. But then it was that there is a healing that is possible. There is a literal resurrection power through Jesus Christ that is available that was not directed at me before the this this program reboot combat recovery and so i went through it and it was like a a light switch just flipped on and it was new life and it was new hope and new purpose uh, new directions and we ended up moving back north uh, to be near my father and the first thing we did when we got up here in 2016 was to look for a reboot combat recovery and there was none. And so we ended up starting the first one for Ohio. And we led that at Crossroads Church from 2016 until the shutdowns of 2020. And those shutdowns, God used in such a way in my life that created Warriors Respite. When Crossroads closed, our group was closed. We, we tried to bring it online. Something does not work on the digital side of things. There's something when two or more are gathered in his name, the spirit is there. And that is something that was so desperately needed with Reboot Recovery. And so when we tried to go online, these classes fell apart and God had still so much work to do in my life. I hadn't understood it. And I I cursed God at that Mm. time. I'm like, God, you gave me this mission, this purpose, this reason for living. And then you take it away. What is wrong with you, God? (laughs) As if he's the one who's on trial here. Mm. And what he was using these lockdowns for, what he was showing me was that I had gotten my purpose and my mission misplaced. They were backwards. I had the cart before the horse. My mission was to bring hope and healing to military families in Ohio. And my purpose is my relationship with God. My purpose never changed. My identity never changed. But I had put in more stock into what I was doing rather than who I was, which is a child of the Most High, one that is beloved by him that he paid the ultimate price for. We talk about greater love has none than to lay down your life for a brother. He paid that ultimate price, and I still was not living for him. He was still working this in my life, and he used the trauma that I experienced 
to drive me, to force me to seek after him. And I have now come to this place, guys, where I am thankful mm-hmm. for the trauma that I've experienced. I am thankful for the heartache, for the darkness, for the suicide attempts that I've had, for the hatred that I had of myself, the addictions that I lived in for decades, because God has transformed my heart into this engine that burns this trauma like fuel, and it drives me to the heart of the Father, gentlemen. And it, wow. is, it is a life that I never knew was possible, that I never knew existed or was real. I had the, the praise Jesus, hallelujah, amen, experiences every Sunday with my parents being pastors, but it was something so unique to understand his, his true love and purpose and desire for me that was rooted simply in my relationship with him that literally no power of man, no scheme of hell, none none of this can take me from that. That is where I'm getting this peace that transcends all understanding and being rooted in that is now where I am wanting all of our participants and all of your listeners, Scott, to come to, to understand that there is a life that it comes solely from the father after chasing after him. As I understand the military in general, and and I have a son who was in the Marines, Mm. one of the things that comes to mind is that in boot camp, as I understand from my son, Mm -hmm. they they weren't really crazy about talking about how you felt about crawling underneath that barbed wire (laughs) or shooting that target. So you have to bottle that up. You have to keep it in. And so over a long period of time, when you reach a level of something that's more than you can handle and you're keeping it in, isn't Mm -hmm. it interesting how you turn that against part of God's creation, a child of the king Mm -hmm. named Josh? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's We know with with PTSD, with addictions, when we can't cope, we Mm -hmm. numb. And the entire purpose of basic training was to break you was to completely demolish you and to build you up in their image, in the image that they wanted you to be, mm-hmm. to be right. that, for the infantry, for the army, for the Marines, to be that, that killer robot, basically. Yeah. And, and they don't teach you ways to deal with these terrible negative emotions. They say, suck it up, drive on. And we're literally taught to use anger as our food, as our sleep substitute, as our shelter, as our heat source, anger and hatred is is what fuels you in the wow. infantry. Well, and so there is a, an adrenaline rush. Yeah. And so consequently, cortisol, that's what keep, keeps you awake. Yep. And it, when you're on that high, you're not necessarily hungry. Mm-hmm. And so here, you've got to cut through all of that. You've got to yeah. do something with all of that in order to cope with what you're experiencing if you're going to go back into life and, and have life. Absolutely. They they do not prepare you mentally. They send you to what's called transition when you're getting ready to get out of the military and they're preparing you for your career, for your next steps, where you're going to be living. But none of that is the mental health side of things, of understanding, hey, you know the, the entire way you've been living your life? That's not really going to work. You can't kill your boss they, they kind of frown on that on the on the other side well, of he asked me to work saturday i didn't want to work saturday so i uh, in the in the bayonet course uh and any of the the military listeners uh will attest to this in the bayonet course when you're doing the different movements the stabbing the slashing you literally are shouting kill kill wow kill 
on every uh-huh. movement. Mm-hmm. And it's the idea of death is just a part of life. And that is your part. That is uh-huh. your job. That's your bread and butter is death. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And you want to stay alive. Yeah. So it's going to be you and not me. Yeah. Wow. And it is something that is so different than civilian life. You can't kill your problems. You can't force them into submission. And so what ends up happening is we look for an enemy and that enemy ends up becoming our spouse. It ends up becoming God. It becomes ourself. It becomes our children. And we, for the sake of saving them, we remove ourselves because we see ourselves as the problem in the equation of the family and removing that problem seems like the only option to solve it. Mm-hmm. And so that's where you get the isolation. That's where you get the suicide, the divorce, the the separating from everything and everyone, mm-hmm. because it's either I'm going to hurt you or I'm going to to avoid you. We are not able to bridge that gap. Our prefrontal cortexes have been in hibernation (laughs) mode for the entire military career. Our limbic system is in complete control of our thinking, of all of our thought process. So it's, you know, the the limbic system is the gas in the car. The prefrontal cortex is the brake in the car. We're all gas and no brake. And it it is a wild, disastrous ride. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let me take you from the potential for suicide. I'm the problem. I'm going to eliminate myself from from the family. Let's go from there. And what helped you, Josh? It was, again, I, I thank God for the trauma that I experienced. It was literally the brokenness, the understanding that I had tried everything, that I had did everything within my power and everything failed. And just back in August, I was looking at getting a divorce. I was looking at lawyers. I was looking at an apartment because the worldly unclean spirits that ruled my life were at war with the Holy Spirit that was within my wife. Wow. And God used this brokenness to show me, you got no more options, but you either go to your grave or you mm-hmm. go to life. And mm-hmm. he is the life. So am I hearing surrender then? Absolutely. It is a surrender. So we're talking about a military army person saying, I surrender. Yes. And that is, you uh, you will hear that we don't retreat, we advance to the rear. <laughs> For military, we don't retreat, we advance to the rear. And it was something, again, so counterintuitive to understand because again i tried for years to break free from my addiction to pornography i i was walking by an empty field when i was 10 years old i was living in akron at the time i was walking by an empty field and i found a hardcore pornography dvd mm-hmm. and looking back i know that it was the enemy that placed that in my mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. and i was addicted i i saw it and i was hooked because it was what numbed the pain of feeling like I was unloved, like I was worthless, like I wasn't good enough, all the way from back then. Wow. And I tried for decades to break free from porn. I tried to be a good husband, to be a good father, to be a good Christian, and I failed. And I still can't do those things. It's now an understanding that it is no longer I that is doing it, but Christ that lives in me. Hallelujah. Victory. Victory. He has the victory. And I had to set it down. I had to surrender. And I had to say, God, I don't know how to do this. I have all the head knowledge in the world of of psychology, of PTSD recovery, of addiction to recovery, of biblical knowledge. I have all this knowledge. I don't know what I'm doing because there was no heart knowledge. And that's about relationship. Yeah. And, and so you were able to save your marriage. Yeah. 
He saved it. Hallelujah. <laughs> he Hallelujah. saved it. Yes. Yeah. And your family is intact because yeah. our God. Hallelujah. All right. So you're hearing a different voice on the session. This is Josh from Warriors Respite here with Tom and I on the session today. And Josh, let's kind of transition into what you do with Warriors Respite. When you get these men, and, and I assume women as well. Yes, sir. Um, when you get them together for a Warriors Respite, what does that look like? So our programs right now, all of our programs are 13 weeks long. Uh, the very first program that we bring everyone through, we call PTSD 101. That's the Reboot Recovery. Uh, you can check them out at RebootRecovery.com. So when people show up, they, they don't know what to expect. I always have our first week as a zero week where we don't really go over the into the program or dive in. It's literally just introductions and understanding what we're doing. So we provide a meal. We provide child care. We meet once a week for 13 weeks for two hours and we remove the obstacles as many as we are able to remove that prevent military men and women from coming. And so when they first show up, there's a lot of doubt. There's a lot of, I've been to things like this before. This sounds like another, you know, hallelujah, praise him Bible camp, or this is just another PTSD program. And what we give is relationship. We are reflecting Christ and how we interact with them. And we're showing them, look, we know the brokenness. We know the despair. We know the, the suicidal thoughts, the thoughts of removing yourself. You would be better dead, better to everyone around you dead than alive. And we shine the light on that lie. And we start to show them that that is a lie, that God made you unique, that he created you for a unique purpose, and that there is a purpose to the pain that you've experienced. And understanding this and establishing the idea of PTSD in a biblical narrative, because we, we don't just have the, the veterans, we invite the spouses, we actually ask them to come. And they always ask, how can what I've experienced compare to my husband who was shot? blown up, shot down, captured, any of these things. And I always explain to them, trauma doesn't come from combat. Trauma comes from sin. And every one of us has had sin done to us and done by us. And that is the original wound that all of us carry around. That is that emptiness, that darkness, that, that God complex that, that we so desperately seek to fill with everything except the one who can truly fill it because we will naturally Occam's razor. We're going to look for whatever is right within our grasp and within our reach and is the most simple thing to fill. And yet it always falls short. And so the ideas come of there's something just wrong with me. I'm too broken. I'm too lost. I can do nothing but hurt those who love me. If I remove myself, I can't hurt them anymore. And I want to call out that lie right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That is a lie that your family is better with you. Even with the pain and the hurt that you have caused, your family has a special place for you in their heart that only you can fill. I'm talking to you right now. You that is thinking about ending it. Guys, back in 2019, we were down to 19 suicides a day for veterans. During the lockdowns, we were up to almost 30. Right now, we are sitting at about 25 to 26 veteran suicides a day. And I can't even begin to speak 
if you include non-military into that veteran. I think it's something that there is a suicide completion every 22 minutes, that there is a, a suicide attempt every 11 minutes. And it is something that has become so pervasive and so overwhelming that it is becoming almost commonplace to hear about this person who who removed themselves, who killed themselves, who removed the ability of God to work in the in the way that only he can. You are removing the purpose of God by removing yourself from your life. You're not going to stop hurting the ones that you love by killing yourself. You are going to make a wound that is deeper and greater than anything you've caused before or could cause from now. That loss will be transferred onto them and they will wander through life until they have healing themselves, wondering, why couldn't I save my dad? Why couldn't I save my husband? Why couldn't I save my wife or my, my mom? What is wrong with me? that they chose to kill themselves rather than be in my life. That is the frame of mind that they are going to carry forward. It is not, dad couldn't deal with it, so he just did the honorable thing and took himself out of the problem. It's going to be, what was so wrong with me that he couldn't live with me, that he needed to leave? Mm-hmm. You can kind of hear the passion today as we're talking about Warriors Respite with Josh and where is this ministry done now? Where where will you have the are you where do you have these sessions now? So right now we're we're done for the the year because it's it's hard to get people to come out in the the middle of winter <laughs> and, and over holiday seasons. So right now I believe that I'm going to be speaking truth uh, to power in this uh, in this statement that this past weekend uh, Rise FM invited Warriors Respite to the We Are Messengers concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was so incredible to see. I ended up having my daughter on my shoulders during yeah. that concert. And I took her off my shoulders because she was getting heavy because she's a good 40 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and Darren, the the singer for We Are Messengers, he finished his song and he points to the back. He's like, I saw a dad way in the back carrying his lass on his shoulders. <laughs> and it was an incredible moment of where he asked all these dads all these moms and dads to put their daughter or their sons on their shoulders. And he sang in the image of God. I got to meet him after Mark brought me back and I got to meet Darren, put a brochure in his hand, tell him about what we're doing. The very next night, my wife and I were invited to the Brandon Lake concert over at the Naz church in Grove city. And we were a part of reboot with that. And again, reboot has a combat recovery. They have a first responders. They have a general life trauma. And it was so encouraging to talk to the veterans that were there and tell them here's what we're doing in Ohio we're doing this but it was breaking my heart to tell these first responders both the the responder themselves and their spouses and the people who have experienced trauma that they're they're going to need to rely and wait on the reboot organization themselves to either host an online class or to wait for someone to lead that and so God broke my heart on the way home from that concert that night, and he was calling me and, and, and telling me there is more to do than just military. 
And so we're not going to forget our first love of military, of having these specialty classes. But God is telling me to open up these doors and to start providing these trauma recovery courses for both first responders and for general life trauma. And so we are going to be having a class at the NAS. They don't know this yet. <laughs> <laughs> so if you know somebody in Grove City. Yeah, yeah. we are going to be having a class at the NAS Church in Grove City for the people who signed up to be the leaders, the future leaders of these reboot classes, because we first bring them through this 13-week program, and then we take them through this leadership class, and then they can give the class themselves wherever they're at. And the idea that, that God placed on me is that revival comes in the form of breaking free from trauma and addictions, that that is the life that he has come to give us. Up here in North Central Ohio, yeah. you know, people are going, hey, wait a minute, what about yeah. us? <laughs> now, if you're willing to drive to Grove City, it's about an hour and a half from here. Yep. I know that drive very well. Yep. <laughs> you know, is that something where if they wanted to come, would you, uh, you want to have them do that? or If you are looking at being a leader, I would invite you to make that, that decision. If you are feeling called, like I have been, to help with the pain that the enemy has inflicted in our world to help free people in the way that only he can, I would invite you to come out to this. But we are also gonna be leading a class for military, for first responders, and for general life trauma at StorySide in January in Belleville. All right, so now, with that in mind, how can people keep track of that, be able to sign up for it? Where should they look for more information, Josh? So if you go to our website, Warriors Respite, that's W-A-R-R-I-O-R-S, Respite, R-E-S-P-I-T-E dot O-R-G, you can reach out to me there. Uh, We will keep you up to date on when we're going to be doing that. And we are going to, I got to figure out how to create a sign-up sheet. I'm, I'm flying by the seat of my pants when it comes to running a charity, I'll tell you. Everything that I've done so far has been by the grace of God and Google. <laughs> and so you can go to that website and we will give you dates and times of when we're going to be running this class at StorySide. Yeah. And I will have that website, uh, Josh, on our show notes awesome. on the Thank podcast you. network at risefmohio.com. That way they can look to it there and be able to hit that link there. Okay, and how can I be reached? How, Tom, how can you be reached? <laughs> I just was wondering. It was looked like that question was on your mind, Scott. Just point a finger. You know what they do, Tom. Yeah, you, you've got my cell number. We, no. we've, we've done this before. <laughs> yes. So I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. So, Josh, why don't you pray us out and as we go today? God, I ask that you would touch the heart Praise of every Praise person who is listening, both the live version and the broadcasted Mm. podcast afterwards, I ask that you would touch them, that you would give them hope, that you would show them the light that exists from your son, Heavenly Father, that he came, that he came out of love, not to condemn us, but to wash us clean, to cleanse us so that we can have relationship with the Father. I ask that you would bless those listening now, Lord, that they would know that there is hope There is a healing. There is a life that they have not yet experienced. You came not just to give life, but to give it abundantly, Lord. And I thank you for that abundant life that I am experiencing, that I am seeing the men and women that have come through these courses 
experiencing. I thank you for that, God. And I ask that you would do this in your precious son, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And we thank you for joining us today on a very special session.